0: Let's give him a big round of applause, can we? Because he's God. The Bible says that same power that he used to raise his son Jesus from the grave, we can still tap into today, right? Because of that Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. All the kids can be dismissed to go to their classes. Ten and under. Ten and under. Can run on downstairs. Have children's church. They teach, they teach lessons just like we do up here, but it's on their level, right? Am I too loud? No? I'm good? Okay. I would call this message today, and I don't typically preach messages just because it's a, it's a holiday. That's not my style. I go to God, and I ask God for a message he wants me to preach today. But I got an Easter message today. might not be your typical Easter message, but it's an Easter message. And I'd call it your own private Easter because you can have your own private Easter day, right? We all know that Jesus was resurrected from the grave on this day. You could be resurrected to life on this day, right? Amen. Dead to sin. Not, not, not having to obey sin any longer. Not having to obey your flesh any longer, right? You can obey the spirit from the rest of your life, from here out. Amen. That's what today is about, right? Your own privacy, private Easter. So we all know that last Sunday in, in Matthew chapter 21, it teaches that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, Amen. right? A young donkey that had never been broken, and they were throwing palm leaves and things out in front of them. That's a miracle in itself. If you've ever been around a, a young colt or a young donkey, if you wave something around, that thing's going to buck. It's going to run. It's going to try to get out from underneath of you, but not when you're carrying the Son of God. Amen? Amen? So he, he rode into town on the donkey. They were putting the, the palm leaves out in front of him. That's why we celebrate Palm Sunday, last Sunday. Um, they get there. They have the Lord's Supper. I'm going I'm I'm to be brief with part of this right here because I want to get into something else. So um, they, they came and they have the Lord's Supper. Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and you all know what happens. He, he tells uh, Judas, to, you know, he knows that Judas is already going to betray. Brother Adam talked about it in Sunday school this morning. He brings Judas in anyway, even though he knows he's going to betray, because it was all part of the master plan, right? Jesus came here to give his life. No one killed Jesus, yeah. right? His blood wasn't spilled; it was shed. Amen. He could have any time called on God, and the angels would have came down and took this whole place out, and he could have went back to heaven. Yeah. He could have done that. He had the power to do that, but he came to give his life. So he took Judas by his side and walked with him for those three years or three and a half years, whatever it was. He walked with him however long. Judas was there for that, right there. And then when Jesus, when he called him out and said, "You're going, to, you're going to, to betray me," he said, "Go ahead and do it quickly." Make it fast. Do whatever you're going to do. Go ahead and do it. Make it fast, right? So, so he betrayed him, right? And then they came out and got Jesus. Now picture this. You think that they didn't know that he was Jesus. But Peter cut, the, cut one of the servants' ears off when they came to get him. And Jesus re- reached down and picks it up out of the dirt and sticks it back on the side of his head. Wasn't even bleeding anymore. You think he believed? I could imagine that he believed. Right, but so 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 they went on. They took him took him to trial. He went to Pilate. You all know the story. I'm just I'm just refreshing your memories today. He, he went to trial. He went in front of Pilate. Pilate could find nothing wrong with him. He could find where Jesus broke no laws. The Jewish leaders, the church of the day, took him there because they were into legalism, right? So they took him to Pilate. Pilate sent him on to Herod because he could find no wrong in him. Herod could find no wrong in him and sent him back to Pilate again. And and Pilate finally said, you know, it's your custom for once a year that I release a prisoner who would you like for me to release? And they said, we want you to release Barabbas, a murderer, a a, a killer, right? He was basically a terrorist, right? And they had him release this terrorist instead of releasing Jesus Christ. And they they, they were screaming out to crucify him, crucify him. So you all know what happened in the crucifixion, right? I brought a hammer and a six by six in here with a spike in it one time and I was hitting it with a three pound hammer and you could hear that ringing out in this church. I almost did that again, but that's not what God gave me to do this time, right? So, so... They they got they beat him and they plucked out his beard they spit upon him they, they they gambled for his clothing they did all these things they 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 made this cross and 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 I preached about the cross before you all know how the cross worked it it, it wasn't probably a cross like we see today it was a post probably that was buried in the ground because of how it worked uh, in history they know how it worked they don't know exactly how Jesus's cross worked but we know this is how the Roman the Romans crucified people they would have this upright that was buried in the ground and this is the part that Jesus would have carried it would have, it would have weighed about a hundred 120 pounds and imagine after he had received 39 stripes what would have killed a lot of people they had a centurion there a roman soldier who was in charge of his scourging and he had killed he, he'd been in charge of a lot of men to be in charge he had seen been around a lot of crucifixions seen a lot of people k- killed he he allowed them to push him right to the right to the brink of death and said okay that's enough that's enough stop right there if you beat him anymore you're going to kill him and then they strap this cross on his back, or they don't strap it on his back, but they, they put this cross upon his back and he's got to carry it up to the hill, hill of Golgotha to be, to be crucified, to be hung on the cross. You all know the story, remember the story? It's a gruesome story. So you can imagine this beam, he couldn't make it all the way. Someone had to carry, finish carrying, carrying his cross beam for him. So you can imagine them throwing this 120-pound piece of timber on the ground. I, it, it had to be a large piece of timber to be this long and, and weigh 120 pounds. And then after he was beaten, and, 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 and the Bible says when his back was, the way they said it would have been, doctors say it would have been, when his back had almost healed in this robe that they'd put on him, they ripped it back off. And he was, and he was bleeding again, and, and they say that the beating that he took, the blood vessels and things in him would have been spurting blood out of his back when he was taking the scourging. Can you picture that? And then he, he drags this rough cut beam up there. I can't imagine it was sanded. He drags this rough cut-up beam up there on his back, and then they throw him down on top of it. And then they stretch his arm out, and they begin to pound those nails into his hand. And then they pound the nails in his other hand. And then they would have picked him up and, and set this cross beam in a slot, and, and, and Pilate had him put King of the Jews on a sign above him in three different languages, right? Greek, Greek uh, Aramaic, and uh, what's the other one? Hebrew, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. He was, it said, king of the Jews. And they came and tried to get him right, right, so said king of the Jews. He said he was king. He said, no, I've written what I've written. Pilate, I believe, knew. Amen. His wife came to him. Even and said that she'd had, she'd had a, a, a dream or a vision that he was, the, he's, he's an innocent man. But they had him up there hanging on the cross, and they would have picked his feet up where he had just enough slack that he could push up on himself and get up to where he could get a breath of air out, right? that's You, you die on the cross from suffocation. You suffocate because your diaphragm's hanging down and can't, can't draw air in anymore. Amen? This is what he went through. Willingly, he did this for us. He did it for you and for me to pay a price once and for all, to reconcile us back to God. And then he hung there on the cross, reaching up to gasp air. I think they reached up to exhale the air, actually. I'm not sure which way it worked. But they reached up and gasped air gas and then exhale it. And they reached up and gasped air and exhale it. For hours this went on, rubbing that beaten back up and down this wood, this rough cut wood, right? So the religious leaders, they didn't want them hanging there. It, it was in the middle of a religious festival, right, the Passover. They didn't want them hanging there for the rest of their festival. <clears throat> so they went and commissioned them to go break their legs and ha- so, so they couldn't reach up and get that breath anymore. Nice guys, huh? And so they broke the two of the two thieves that were on the cross, they, or the other two men that were on the cross with Jesus. They, hunt, they broke their legs. But, but because it said in the Old Testament that the sacrificial lamb wouldn't have a, body, a bone in its body broken, when they came to Jesus, he was already dead. To fulfill that prophecy, right? So the guard went ahead and stabbed him in the side. One of the soldiers stabbed him in the side. And this is where I got this message. This is, this is where it first came from for me. I was reading in John 19 and 34. I'm still reading through the book of John. I've been on it for three or four months just trying to break the whole book down. Um, I used to know this book. I thought, well, but it's been a long time since I've been through it again like this. I might mean, have read from the book of John, but it's been a long time since I went back through it. to break it. How many know that you can't exhaust the word of God? Yeah. I don't care how many times you go through it and you study it. out. I'm getting more out of it this time than I got out of it last time. Right. I used to teach a, cra- a class on just the Gospels. So I studied them all the time, but I'm getting more out of it than I did then, or at least I don't remember it. So just because these, these scriptures are familiar, please don't discount them. If you discount them, you're going to miss out on the meaning of it. You're going to miss out on what you came for today. This is the word of God, right? It says, but one of the soldiers, soldiers pierced his side, Jesus' side, with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. Blood and water came out. This, this represents the blood represents him being the sacrificial lamb. The blood that flowed out was the for, was for the atoning of all sin's sins. It went back to the Old Testament when they had the Passover lamb, right? That's why it was during the Passover they put they put blood around the doorpost and their family was saved. Amen. He came and paid paid the price once and for all for the atonement for all sins. Church, we should get excited right there because I don't know if you all are not, but I'm a sinner. Only saved by his grace, only saved because I came through his blood, right? The Bible says, for all have sinned and, come and fallen short of the glory of God, right? So he, paid, he did this so that we could be reconciled back from God for, because from the time that Adam and Eve sinned, sinned in the garden, God didn't come down and walk with man anymore in the cool of the evening. He used to walk with Adam every evening. He doesn't do this. He didn't do this anymore. In the Old Testament, they couldn't be infilled with the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? The Holy Ghost would come on priests, kings, and prophets for a work, for, 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 for them to do something, for him to use them. But then that was it. He would leave them again. We have the Holy Ghost and fire living inside of us Amen. because of that water that flowed out. Yeah. Right? These things represent things. The blood represented the atoning for sins. He was the sacrificial lamb. Now he's our high priest, right? right? But, but the water represents the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost and fire, right? Yeah. He lives inside of us now. Because Jesus did this. He's our onboard witness. He leads us and guides us. He wants to lead us and guide us if we'll just listen to him. Better than any garment you could ever have. You realize that we could could possibly live the rest of our lives and never never make another mistake? If we just listen to him. That sounds like a tall order, right? But we could do that if we would just be influenced by him. All the time and everything that we do. We have miraculous power. The same power that God used when he rose Jesus from the dead. We have access to that because of this water that flowed out, because of this blood that flowed out of him, right? The authority that we teach about, that we talk about, because of him. It's because of him. Adam lost it. Jesus came and took it back, defeated Satan, put him on public display, the Bible says. Totally and utterly defeated. In the Bible days when they would defeat someone, many of you know this, but in the Bible days when they would defeat a, a king or a kingdom, they would strip that king down naked so, to show that he had no defenses left against them and they would march him up and down the streets and show him off that he was completely and totally defeated, right? The Bible says that's what, that's what Jesus did to him, right? Healing power. We want healings. We want to see miracles. We want, it's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. All, and these things are made available to all believers, the Bible says that he gives, each, or he gives to every man the measure of faith. If you have the faith to believe to be able to be sitting here listening to me today, you're a believer. These things are all available to you. We're all more powerful than the devil is. From a brand new baby Christian to the most mature one of us in here. All more powerful than the devil himself because of Jesus. Because he came and laid down his life on that cross, right? We all know that Jesus was laid in a borrowed tomb. Still talking about what happened back then. Still talking about how your own personal Easter, actually. We all know that Jesus was laid in a borrowed tomb. He was in there for three days. Amen? John 20, 10 through 14 says this. When he was, when he was put in the borrowed tomb, we're talking about here. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. They all left and went home. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked at, into the tomb. And 12 says, and she saw two angels in white sitting, and one at the head and the other at the feet, where the, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Why are we weeping? He did this for you, and he's gone now. He's risen from the dead. We know that our Lord is alive today, right? Amen. Amen. Why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. She thought he was the gardener we talked about in Sunday school this morning. But what I got out of this is, someday you're going to turn around, and there's going to be Jesus. That eastern sky is going to bust wide open. There's going to be a rapture because he did what he did. Because of that blood and water flowed, he's coming back for the saints. He's coming back for us. He's coming back to judge the guilty of the great white throne judgment. We'll all stand in front of him. Everybody on earth is going to know when the sky busts open. Will you recognize him? Will you know who he is? Will he know who you are? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? So this Jesus I'm talking about. Do you have a relationship with him today? If it's not as close as you'd like to be, you're going to get an opportunity to change that today. But let me tell you, if you don't know him, when he steps out on that cloud, you're going to hear someday, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Yeah. Sitting in the church is not going to get you saved. It's not going to get you to heaven. It's a a good way to, it it, it fosters that relationship coming to church does. But we've got to have our own personal relationship with him. You think he doesn't want you to have it? He laid down his life. What more does he have to do to convince you? He's given you the faith to step out and accept him today, to receive him today. What more does he need to do? The ball is in our court. Some of you sitting here today might think, some of you sitting here today might think, "Well, this is just for people who are unsaved." He's not talking to me today. We all need to be closer to God. How well do you know Him? How well do you obey Him? If you love Him, you should be obeying His Word all the time, constantly led by the Spirit. How are we? How how well do we obey Him? You know, that's what's going to get you to heaven. Is that's what the, that's going to have? The, you know, do you know Him? Do you know Him? That's that's how we know if we're saved or not. Do you know Him? Do you have a relationship with Him? Not not have you heard of Him? He's not going to ask you that. Have you ever heard of me? That's not going to be the question. It's not going to be have you heard of me? Do you attend church, right? Or do you believe even? You know the Bible says even the demons believe. Even the demons believe and they tremble at his name. They know that he they know that they know that they know that he is real. But there's no relationship. You see without a relationship, church, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. I was listening to Tony Evans preach this week, and I, I like to hear, he's, he's, I, I listen to him quite a bit, I like to hear him. So he says, let, let's picture the kingdom as this. There's a house, and, and there's rules and guidelines in the house, right? So we'll call the house the kingdom. And then there's the, there's the father of the house. And he gets to set the rules and the guidelines. So I picture that as, as me and my kids. I get to set the rules for my house because I pay the bills in my house. Right? I provide for, me and Brenda do, we provide for the things, we, we provide for all the people in our house. We feed them, we give them shelter, we give them, we give them water, you get what I'm saying. So we get to make the rules, right? So we just, we just have these guidelines for life. This is how we want you to live our life. This is what you can and you can't do in our house, in, in our kingdom, right? Right? So we call the kids on in, all in, and we give them the rules. We give them the guidelines of how we're going to live in our house, right? And they, and they sit there, and they hear us all out. And then they respond and say, Dad, I heard the guidelines, but I'm going to need some time. I'm going to need a little time to think about this, because I'm not sure if all your guidelines are going to fit me. I'm, I'm going to need maybe a couple hours or a couple days, maybe even a couple months or a couple years to figure out which ones fit me and which ones don't. Or with if'm I'm, sur- I'm sure that some of them will, but I don't know about all of them. I'm not going to like all your guidelines that you give me to live on God or Dad, in your kingdom, right? <clears throat> but in the meantime, I'm still going to need you to keep a roof over my head and feed me and keep gas in my car. And how about that allowance? Can you keep that coming too, Dad? But I don't know about the guidelines. I don't know about the rules that you've given me. Isn't that what we're saying to God? There should be a time right then to say. You know, there's an easy way to fix this then. Just don't come into my kingdom. I'm afraid that's what a lot of us are going to hear. You ain't coming into my kingdom because I don't know you. You don't want to follow my guidelines for life. Amen? It's a sad truth. It's truth, but it's sad. I mean, it's sad, but it's the truth. In Romans 7, 15 through 24, it says, this is Paul writing to the church, to the Romans. It says, for I am... For what am I doing? I do not understand. For what I, will, what I will to do, I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. So he's saying the evil that I don't want to do, this is what I'm doing, right? So he's talking to him after he was saved. This is Paul, not Saul, because if it had been Saul, when you're saved, you don't mind doing the bad things. They're normal for you. When I was saved, I did whatever I felt like I was big enough to do. Some of y'all can relate to that, right? But after you're saved, you hate that sin. You don't want to be that way anymore. The spirit convicts you. He, you want change. But he's talking about, I'm still messing up. I want change. I want to be different. There's going to be struggles. That's what I put in the scripture here to show you. If the apostle Paul struggled with this, how are we not going to? There's going to be struggles. There's going to be trials. There's going to be things that we go through. There's going to be times that we struggle. There's going to be times that we slip and that we fall. But we have to continue to get back up. Ask for, for God's forgiveness. Repent of it. Turn away from that thing, and continue to give our best effort. Right, sixteen says, "If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is my flesh, nothing good dwells. Nothing good's in our flesh, but our, but, but we've trained ourselves so long to follow after the flesh." Instead of following up to the Spirit, right? <clears throat> Where was that? Nothing good dwells, for to, to will is present with me, but, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I, that I will to do, I do not do, but the, will, but, or, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. From the Apostle Paul. We're going to have struggles, right? That I practice. 20 says, now if I do what I, what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin it dwells in me. 21, I will find then a law that, that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of, of God according to the inward man, according to my spirit, right? Your spirit man is your inward man. We, need to, we have to train ourselves and teach ourselves to follow up to the spirit and not after, the, not after the, the flesh, right? 23 says, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. There's a battle raging inside of us, church. All of us. You see, I thought you thought I was only talking to the younger Christians or the, or the people who were unsaved today. I don't care how mature you are spiritually. There's a battle that rages inside of you. Constantly, your flesh is wanting to step out, do things, say things, go places that you know better than to do. The Bible gives one clear definition of sin. For him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Your flesh wants to step out and do those things that you know you're not supposed to be doing. But we have to continue to be led by the Spirit, right? Uh, Where was that one at? In 23 says, but I see another law in my members warring against, we read that one, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, Who will deliver me from this body of death? Who will... Think about what Jesus did. I'm talking about having your own personal Easter today. Jesus wants to deliver you from this body of death. He provided everything. He provided the blood. He provided the water. Jesus made it possible for the Spirit to come here and live in us, right? All of your sin that you've ever committed is completely covered if you're just asking for forgiveness today. Everything you've ever done, everything you've ever thought of, every place you've ever went... You may not have forgiven yourself for it yet, but he'll forgive it immediately, completely covered by the blood of Christ. Amen? Amen. Doesn't matter how good or bad you think you are, he'll cover it with the blood, right? And the Holy Ghost can come and live inside of you. And then the Bible says his spirit will speak to you through your spirit. When when Ben Wirtz was here preaching on Wednesday, he, he was talking about being under the influence. Under the influence of God. Because the Bible, the scripture says, don't be drunk on, the spi- uh, on wine, be drunk on the spirit. And he started talking off about drinking the wine. To get under the influence of alcohol, you do it one drink at a time. Mm-hmm. Amen? you got to continue filling yourself with the alcohol or the, the influence of it will wear off. It's the same thing with the spirit. Christians, church, we got to continue to fill ourselves with the spirit. Mm-hmm. One drink at a time or it will wear off. As soon as we walk out of the church, it starts to wear off of us, right? As soon as we get up from the service day, it starts to wear off. One drink at a time, we have to constantly be filling ourselves with the Spirit. This is for the young and the old, right? Something I hear a lot is, how do I know that there's only one God? How do I know that there's only one way to heaven? I hear this a lot with people, people who are trying to figure it out. A, a lot of people... Old and young, it's a lot of younger people, but a lot of old and young people have asked me that question. How do I know? How do I know that, that there's not multiple ways? How do I know that, that you're right and not, not Islam or whatever the, whatever the other religions are? How do, how do you know that they're right? And the Bible tells us clearly on that. In First John 4, 1 through 3, it says, Beloved, I do not, be-, or, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world but this you will know this by this you will know the spirit of God every spirit that confesses here's how you test the spirit right every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God now get this next part and this is the spirit of the antichrist which you have heard is was coming and now already is in the world. If whatever religion you're thinking about or you're looking at doesn't say that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, mm-hmm. it's part of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says it very clearly right here, doesn't it? Are you looking at it in your Bible? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it says in the Bible. I'm not making this up. Any religion that says that Jesus Christ isn't the son of God that came in the flesh to die on the cross, that spilled out blood and water for your sins so that we could receive the Holy Ghost, that we could could be blessed and we could be healed, and all these things, anything that teaches anything besides that is part of the Antichrist. Pretty plain, right? Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the way and the truth and the life, to quote Jesus. No man comes to the Father except by him. No man comes except by him. This Easter, this Easter here can be different than all the rest for you. You might think that you're just here today because it's Easter, and maybe you came to get an egg or see the kids get an egg or whatever the case may be. Maybe you just came here to shut somebody up. That's how I first got into church. I came to shut my mom and my wife up. I knew I had a call on my life already. That's why I was staying away from the church. I was running. I was running, and they kept nagging me and nagging me, go to church, go to church, go to church. And I was sitting in the about where Katie or the, Katie and them are right in there, and the pastor's wife at the end of the service said, I have something to say. And she said, there's a young man here today who has a call in his life, and he already knows it. She just opened my mail and told, told, I hadn't told a soul this, so no one knew but me and God. And she opened my mail up right there in front of everybody, and then she grabbed me by the arm going out the door and said, that young man today I was talking about, that was you. But you already know that, don't you? I didn't, I didn't confirm more tonight. I went on at the back door. But, but the cat was out of the bag at that time, and I had to live up to it. Some of you here, God's been calling you for a while. God's been pulling at your heartstrings for a while. Get back in church. Get back in the relationship with me. The church is not what saves you, it's the relationship that the church fosters. That's what saves you. This could be different than all the rest of the Easter's for you right here today. Your own private Easter. Romans 6 and 8 says, if you die with Christ. You'll also live with Christ. We can start a brand new life right here today. You can start a brand new life right here today. The Bible will call you a new creation, a brand new creation. Anybody willing to make that that move? Anybody want to start a brand new life with Christ today? You'd like to listen to Him, the Spirit's will for your life, to be able to be led and not make those mistakes, the same mistakes you've been making, to be forgiven of all your sins. The Bible says that God will take those sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west. Never to be charged to you again. Man will remember them. They might throw them up. You might not even forgive yourself. But when you stand before Christ at that great white throne judgment, that blood of Christ will blot all those sins out of that, out of that book of remembrance. Amen. Never charged to you again. Can I get every head about this time? Saints, pray with me, would you? If that's you today and God's